Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. We see you. You're a colleague. You're a partner. You're a friend. You're always here to support your family and your community. Now there's a school ready to support you. National University offers tuition discounts for military spouses and free tutoring, so you get the support you need to succeed. National University, supporting the whole you. I, mean, I just didn't have any blood in my show. Mm -hmm. I want blood. I want blood. Put it there. Where else yeah. can I put it? Rope trick? Stream is live. <laughs> I did that in my first show. <laughs> Here we go. I definitely put blood and ropes in my first show. <laughs> Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We're broadcasting from Show Creator Studio South here in Las Vegas, Nevada. This week, Penn. I really leave it in that break there. He went all over the place. He went to Denver. He went to Minneapolis. He's pushing this book left and right. He's got the number one selling book in Oklahoma. Author Supreme is really part-time magician and author. Here he is preaching the love pendulum. Author Supreme. Author Supreme. I uh, love Supreme. You, you kind of you kind of built into this. Oh. I went and saw Preaching Love. And speaking of which, I went and saw Freestyle Love Supreme. You did not. I did. I did. This feels bizarre. I did. I did. At the Joan Rivers Theater, which I call the Joan Rivers Theater. Yeah. No one else does. It's where I happen to see Joan Rivers. You know, it's like children who go, yes. let's go to the French toast restaurant. Yes. That, exactly. Yeah, yeah. My kids still eat Maryland bread, which is garlic bread that they tried for the first time in Maryland. Exactly. Yes. That's the Joan Rivers Theater. This is where Joan Rivers, or whatever she was, 80 years old, was down on the floor as though she was being fucked with her legs in the air. Acting like she was. Joan Rivers was such an incredible performer because if you're down on the floor uh, simulating getting fucked, I consider you a good performer. That's right. Yeah. And she also had, which I'd never seen before, um, she had, you know, cue card size cards? What am I yes. making with my hands? Like, like a poster. Two feet, like a poster. Yeah. She had them laid out. Landscape mode posters. All over the floor with big magic marker for her notes. So all along the floor was like this white bounce board with stuff written. And then instead of picking up a notebook or using a teleprompter, yeah. she'd just go over to where she was and look down. No, not pretending not to, yeah. but not calling attention to I it. I kind of like that. Yeah. Just essentially write your whole act all over the stage. So have you seen Freestyle Love Supreme? Uh, uh, 
in a way that I can't say yes, but I have. They used to perform at the People's Improv Theater when I was in New York. I see. But go, it's been around for 20 years. Yes, they've been around and for until a they while. brought Hyphen Boy in. Right. I guess Hyphen Boy started it. Yeah, he's a founding member. Yeah. But until Hyphen Boy- They're very clear about not giving Lin-Manuel Miranda full credit for Freestyle of Supreme. Right. They're very much like, he's around, sure. Yeah. We do stuff too. I met the uh, the director, one of the founders. Yes. Uh, it's like talking to Monty Python. Yeah. If you talk to any one of the people in Monty Python, it was their show with the other people that helped. <laughs> I think that's exactly, that's exactly the way. That's exactly you know. it. You know, if you talk to Eric Idle or John Cleese, they're talking about two different things. Yeah. You know, there was John Cleese's Monty Python. Yeah. There was Eric Idle's Monty Python. And even Terry Gilliam's Monty Python. But wait a minute, didn't you just draw shit? Shut up. <laughs> Everyone loved the cartoons the most. Everyone knows that. Yeah. The c cartoons built into the... No, they didn't. They did a change up at the end. What? Sorry. Um, so... Lim hyphen boy is, yeah. is a founder, yeah. but also this other guy's a founder, but I went and I said this, I said this to Piff, you know, but I should talk more about it to you. Cause you're the, you're the improv guy. Sure. I found myself ab about three quarters of the way through, maybe a little deeper. I was spending all my time saying, Oh, but you stayed the whole time. Yes. All right. Ready. I owe you a dollar. <laughs> uh, I spent my whole time. This is all in my head. Yes. Right? Um, I spent all my time busting it. Oh, they, they have this set up and this is set uh, up yeah, and this yeah. comes together. This. And then I had this revelation like three quarters of the way through, which is, Penn, aren't you spending all your time just saying, oh, it's not the dummy talking, it's the ventriloquist. <laughs> Isn't that all you're doing? Definitely. Doesn't everybody know this? 100%. To even teach it. Yeah. So shut up, Penn. And then I kind of relaxed into it and kind of went, oh, yeah, it's good. Uh, good, good, good. Uh, the other I mean, you seeing freestyle rap improv is not, I wouldn't put that on the, I would not put that on your radar at all. Also, I, I mentioned, which is amazing, beatbox is really incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know with good beatboxes why they use drum kits anymore. Yeah. Because you just have the microphone. They do a really good job. It's more exciting to see a human do it. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't see them do it because they have their balcony. <laughs> you know what's happening but, there. But right between the hands. They had a, they had a, um, a woman doing it who was named um, Kaiser Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, She must be incredible. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is one of those things no, I like- think people tune in this podcast to know where you, Pendulette, rank beatboxers. Yeah. They want That's to know they your yeah. current list. Well, here's what I'm thinking. You know, you go to see a juggler, yeah. okay, and you think, wow, that's like people see me do a little juggling this show. Yeah. And they go, wow, that's a good juggler. They're wrong, right? Right. I mean, if you know anything about juggling, there's really good ones. So I heard this beatboxer and thought, wow, really, really good. But that doesn't mean there aren't a thousand times better. I just don't know where you, how you would get better, what it would be. Yeah. It seemed like she's hitting her head on the ceiling of how good you can be. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just assume she's amazing. Yeah. They flew out to Vegas. She's living here now. Yeah. They've been around for 20 years. They've they've done their shop. And is part of the, uh, is it built into the concept they have a beatboxer? I, it's been so long. They had a beatboxer when I saw them years ago, but there was like a smaller crew and, you know, they they've have so many cast members and stuff like that. So I don't feel fully justified in speaking about the show. 
but I was again, Historically. I was again made made self conscious. Yeah. By the fact that I, when I'm in an audience, I believe I am a hundred percent invisible. When I'm on stage, yeah, I know people in the audience are not invisible. I can see them, <laughs> but somehow I think this is a superpower that only I have. Yeah. So when Mox, who was sitting next to me, gave a suggestion. And the guy on stage was named Jelly Donut. New York Times would say, Mr. Donut. Mr. Donut. Mr. Donut. Um, said, thanks, Mox. I went, uh-oh. If he can see Moxie, <laughs> he can see me. And you're going to be incorporated into the lyric. No, 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 no. Oh, That's okay. not the problem. Problem is I'm sitting there just not laughing. Watching, because uh, that's what I do. You know, you've been yes. you've been to me. You've been you, with you, me to you, shows you. that I absolutely love, and there's no reaction. No, no. You for for a while you were working on different magic tricks. You were coming to the bucket show, mm -hmm. and you watching one or two of my improv shows was awesome. Mm -hmm. You watching four or five was not <laughs> like not that like it just was like oh I this has to be getting old for him, <laughs> and, and you're being polite because since you're doing my show, you're staying for the whole show. Um. But like, uh, but I don't, I, you know, no, you, you don't see me throwing my head back and laughing and wow. No, no, no. I just kind of sit there and watch. Something has to really surprise you. Yeah. And even then I, you know, and if you saw me at Dylan, yeah. you would think that I wasn't watching anything. Right. I'd just be thinking. He's yeah. sitting alone thinking. Yeah, yeah. Just happens that Dylan's on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I You're said You're not there to have an outrageous time out in Vegas. No. And laugh your ass. I'm there. But- they're really good. Yes. They're really good. And so I would say, oh, they're just setting up a back rhyme there. And he remembers this from there and they're doing this. And then when they do the talk between them, this is what they're deciding. Yeah. And I go, everyone in the world knows this, man. Yeah. And also all you're describing is skill. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's like, just because you know, it doesn't mean I, I can do it. Right. Yeah. You know? uh, so when the club's coming down, he throws the other one. Yeah. Yes. That's how he juggles. And he's doing it with seven objects. When it comes down, he throws the other one that's in his hand. Yes, Penn, you figured out juggling. <laughs> so I think I've, 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 I've backed down on that. Okay. Oh, and uh, then when, uh, when Hyphen Boy, Lin-Manuel, um, which incidentally Piff explained to me, he doesn't have the hyphen in the wrong place. Yes. How about Jean-Luc Ponte? Right. He didn't use Jean-Luc Ponte. He used Jean-Luc Picard? Yeah. I didn't know Jean-Luc Picard. I'd never heard of him. But Jean-Luc Ponte, yeah. I'd heard because he plays violin. Ah. He played violin with Zappa. But the other one is more famous, right? I think I don't know. Yeah. Picard is Star Trek. Everyone's more yeah. famous than whoever you just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Lin-Manuel uh, 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 sat into one show. And because he knew Emily was there, said he would get um, Penn and Teller into his first rhyme. Ah. And did. Did. And you know what the word was? Feller? Yeah! <laughs> he did not go with Stellar. Did not go with Uri Geller. But I thought I thought about you there. And boy, I, when I was reading that book on listening, really interesting. And talked about how um, you're really, really good improv people. Actually take a little longer coming with their next line than the ones who are less good, uh, which is it, counterintuitive. It is. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like the first impression of of improv is that speed matters so much, mm-hmm. and uh, it it doesn't. I guess it really doesn't. You probably got a full half second before people don't think you're fast. Yeah, yeah isn't that yeah. right? I mean, yes, it's, it's and then huge, also, and that's a huge amount of time. And you're also doing like um, there's a, there's a time to. Uh, so for, here's a, here's a, here's a, I'll talk you through an example. Like Paul and I, when we perform together, do this um, what we call flamenco song, where we get a, an animal and a job, and we do whatever, mm-hmm. squirrel lawyer, whatever. Um, <laughs> what you say, squirrel lawyer? Yeah, that's all you got to do. You don't <laughs> need to do a bit on that. You say squirrel lawyer. Good night. I'm happy. Good night. Put money in the bucket. But we'll always do two verses each, and I'll. I like Paul's better at like general construction. Like he's good at like full verse improv. And so I go first cause I'll come up with the quickest, easiest joke. That's first. Paul knows I will do that. Mm-hmm. So he goes, Matt's going with the easiest joke off the top. Right. Then he does his first. Then I take a second crack cause then I can actually think of a good joke. <laughs> and so I go for the second verse where I try to actually be funny. Uh, and not just get credit for making it up on the spot. Uh-huh. And then Paul, this is his second verse, which is funnier than that kind of stuff. So like, uh, but yeah, you're, you, you, but also when you're doing scene work, stuff like that, like when you, what you're actually daring to do is theater. And so if you're slower, but what you're making up matters, that's a bigger surprise to the audience than speed. Mm-hmm. And so when you actually take them somewhere theatrically, they don't realize that's happened. That just has happened. And when you do that properly, you actually have all the time in the world. Yeah. And people think it's crazy that you made it up. Yeah. And, 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 and also you're fast enough. Yeah. Cause fast means not slow. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't mean he sat down at the typewriter and worked for 10 minutes. Yeah. Then stood up and did it. That's what fast means. Yeah. Like whenever I taught improv, it was like, make every decision as simple as possible. Do not try to be a funny occupation with a funny relationship and a funny location. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you have any curiosity, you get points for speed. So make the most boring choice quickly and get it out of the way and then find something that's a surprise to everyone and play with that. And mm-hmm. that's what you'll get credit for as an improviser. But if there's any lingering questions and you're not answering them and the audience is wondering, then you look like you're slow and you suck. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, uh, Carrie Coleman told me that the most important thing she learned in improv, and I actually found that this has been very useful to me yeah. in just speaking, is the most obvious thing to you is not necessarily the most obvious thing to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I have found that very true in my life. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's funny because one of the places I studied it, I, I hated one of their core definitions of improv. So, so Upright Citizen Brigade, uh-huh. very popular improv school. They teach the game of the scene, right? And in it, as performers, you're supposed to, it's, and this is, I, I mean, you'll hate this as much as I think I hate it, but it's a, it's a, a they, they teach a pattern of activity based on the first unusual thing said in the scene. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's so weird to gauge that you and I are going to find the same thing unusual uh, yeah. in a scene. And then also then to then say, okay, I did it now pattern go pattern. <laughs> it's a little weird of a directive a to do. Uh, and then, and then they're on the backstage in all the theaters. It says, don't think. And I was like, your entire method requires you to think a lot. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I was talking to, um, one of the guys on the office, we talked for quite a while. He said that Steve Carell was the best improv person 
he ever worked with or could imagine. Yeah. Because he was always in character and always moved the story along. Yeah. He said never, ever takes a side trip for side trip for a joke. No. He's turning down 15 jokes to pick the one that advances the story and is perfectly in character. Yeah. And he said that's, that's where the good guys come in. Definitely. Because going with the obvious joke doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. But I was busting stuff like he, he had these slips of paper. And he picked up one and said, I'll use that later. And I realized in my head, I was going, he'll probably use that later. (laughs) So what I have to accept, and this is something I have not, I did not accept until the other night. Yeah. And this, you'll see a change in me because of this. I accepted that improv or rap improv, would put in the same category, was a new variety art that it been that had been developed during my lifetime yeah and was not something that an individual had come up with that was brand new and mysterious okay. do you understand why that's so different for me because all of the stuff you've studied is more ancient no no all i'm saying is i used to think oh these people think they're doing something totally completely new and there's actually rules to this. Oh yeah, yeah. And now I'm just going, everybody knows that this is juggling. This is magic. Yeah. This is dance. This is ventriloquism. This is improv. Yeah. Just another one of those things. And there are traditions and rules and skills and tricks that are all built into it. Yes. This is just something we all do. And before that, I was thinking, I'm not watching an improv show. I'm watching these guys. Yes. And now that I say, this isn't a guy who just invented a wooden puppet on his lap talking. And oh, I've seen that before. This is a guy who's a really good ventriloquist. I don't know if I've made that clear at all, but it's a very no, different I, thing I think in my you are making. I think you're making, like, I, like, for example, like there, there's a couple of built-in things that built in for success that you're talking about in this show, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, does it mean they're not making up all the lyrics? No, they are making up all the right. lyrics, but they just have tricks of the trade. Now, this is Las Vegas. This is a 700-seat theater. Uh, you know, the, people are paying $50, $60. Yeah. I hope you have a few more bells and whistles than the People's <laughs> Improv Theater for 10 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sure. So you have to build constructs around it, you know? I mean, years ago- They even have was something I'd never seen before, which, of course, someone was going to invent- yeah. They have a microphone built into a soft ball that they can throw to someone in the back row of the audience that they want to hear talk. Oh. Someone does not run with a microphone. Oh, that's they just. They go, I got a microphone here. Catch it. Whew. And the guy goes, Poof. there's not even a when he catches it because the pot's down and then he holds it and the mic comes up. He's got a perfect microphone there. It's not even the pot. It's an auto mute. Oh my goodness! Even better. You've seen these things, right? Yeah, I, I I thought I told you about it when I first saw it at a convention. Oh, okay. Everyone should be stealing this. That's such a good <laughs> thing to have. It's got a gyroscope in it, so it knows when it's being thrown. Oh, I I I, I know when I'm are being smarter thrown. than artists. I, I know when I'm being thrown without a fucking gyroscope. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I do. I do. So it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was good. No, I, y- years ago, they were really good. That's great. No, no, I, I got to check it out. I mean, I'm so happy that they're here, and it's it's very cool. And they've been on Broadway now. They've been touring. I mean, it's this is not like uh, 
some thrown together thing. No, it's a real they, polished they, machine. It, it's a really polished machine, and uh, it also I think it may even help me. Yeah, that they have more tricks built in. Yeah, they really do have. You know, they do a they do a very heartfelt confessional. Yeah, section in the middle, where one of the rules of it, or one of the uh, constructs, is that they're going to tell real emotional stuff from their life in in rhymes. So it's it really brings it to a, a, a different a different area. Yeah, and if you're gonna, I I love that a lot actually because if you if you're gonna take up people's time, give them some of your heart. Yeah, the simple feat of making it up the whole time is not enough. I think to carry a show of that length. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like oh by the end I'm going to care about these people more. Yeah. And that's not what I expected walking in. Yep. Is a really great gift to get. And it's also really interesting to me. I'm reading this book called um Nine Dirty Words or something by um uh McPherson, I guess his name is. Uh-huh. Um and it's just the the etymology and the style of uh of uh of words. Uh all, all obscenities, you know. It's it's essentially they say uh they're going off George Carlin's seven words, except cocksucker's gone. Uh, they say cocksucker's not been used um, since really the late 70s. It's been entirely replaced by asshole. Okay. Entirely replaced by asshole. Um, you can't even find it used anywhere after that. Pour one out for cocksucker, guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gone. And then they, uh, they uh, uh, it also says in the book, which is so interesting, uh, that you know the right side of your brain holds the obscenity. When they do MRIs on people and they go uh, uh, doing a sentence and they pull out an obscenity, the right side of the brain fires. All the rest is the left. It is a different emotional thing, which is why they have all those probably bogus studies that when you hit, you know, when you drop a hammer on your foot and you yell "fuck," you're actually accessing a different part of your brain. I mean, I remember Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett, when I saw him, uh, you know, back then, which I probably saw him, I mean, late still, but still like probably the 90s. Yeah. The 90s. Uh, Buddy Hackett was saying fuck a lot in his act. And that was still a little bit startling to people. And I remember him saying to a woman in the front row, um, do you ever say the word fuck? And she said, no. And he said, what do you say when you drop a hammer on your foot? What do you have for that? Um but that's that right side of the brain thing. Yeah. And the argument that's being made in this is that fuck is moving to the left side of the brain. And shit has moved to the left side of the brain. And hell and damn don't even tickle the right side of the brain. Wow. And the only words that get that right side of the brain are slurs. Because we have changed the taboo words from religious to body parts to sexual, to slurs. Wow. So you go from hell damn, yeah, right, to shit, to fuck, cocksucker, right? Yeah. And then to N-word, yeah, F-word, yeah, yeah. so on, that we can't even say now. So the taboos are exactly the same. There are now words that can get you fired on TV. Yeah. But it's not fuck. No. And certainly hell and damn moved into Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. I mean, that was in in the seventies. They were doing that. It's really, really fascinating. And it was incredible to see this, um, uh, uh, 
Love Supreme, which incidentally I played Love Supreme for Moxie by Coltrane. Ah. And said, this is, this is where Freestyle Love Supreme comes from. One of the most important records in jazz, it's uh, Coltrane's Love Supreme. And I played Love Supreme for Mox. And Mox said, it's got nothing to do with what they're doing. I said, <laughs> I, I bet it does at some level. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. and Mox said, no, no. So uh, then uh, I met the director afterwards and said, you know, I was playing Love Supreme for Mox. He said, well, yeah, that's where it all starts. And I was like, ha ha, Mox, <laughs> your dad knows something, god damn it. <laughs> and uh, we talked Coltrane. Oh. And he said, you know, the idea of Love Supreme is that inspiration comes from love. Yeah. And that was our whole discussion that's why it's called Freestyle Love Supreme. It's on Coltrane. We talked Coltrane for a while. But all tied in with that, what's really interesting to me is that um, fuck is a color, you know. Yeah. Nothing. Fuck is nothing. Fucking is a verbal filler yeah. for people from Jersey. Nothing. Fucking, it's upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just a hesitation word. Yeah. It's just, um. But it's also every part of speech, but that's also covered in this book in a really interesting way. Yeah. Every part of speech. And he also says, um, which I thought was fascinating, uh, shit is a pronoun now, which is really nutty. Oh, this shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's used as it. He says, as a matter of fact, if a Martian came down, they would think that the word it was an abbreviation of the word shit. Oh, funny. Um and that fuck, fuck, that fuck, fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all of them. <laughs> um, but uh, they use it comfortably. And even said, we have children here, we say fuck, who the fuck cares? You know, they do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. All of that being said, okay, uh, there was not uh, what you would see in improv, you know, lemmings in the, in the 70s and 80s improv. There was not one reference to racial really except maybe white guy right was at some point but no reference certainly not even something that tangentially at the biggest distance possible could be considered a gay joke interesting it was all totally inclusive and i thought if one of them used the n-word or the f-word uh, in this, it would give me the same baseball bat to the fat face feeling that someone saying fuck in 63 would have. Oh, really? Cause it's just, it just had that flavor of a show that would be that, that. also that's gone. Time oh, yeah, has just yeah. changed. Yeah. Those are absolutely taboo words. And it was really interesting that you can really see that religious body part sex slur. That is the 20th century, 2021st century. Yeah. Definitely. That is fascinating. Right there. Hell damn means nothing now. No, it doesn't. And and yet, like, what, what you're kind of pointing at is that, like... Um, oh, by the way, I just want to say this. Yeah. Those other things were okay during the other stuff. Right. Like, when hell and damn in the 19th, in the 17th century or the 16th century were considered absolutely taboo, couldn't be said, fuck, cock, cunt, comfortable. No problem. No problem. <laughs> oh, man <laughs> really crazy so crazy. it's like it's so funny because it, it like 
it's it's one is like there's somewhere in our language that we need a space for whatever that is. Yeah, the right side of the brain thing, and that the rules are arbitrary, like they just evolve, and they're not. You can't rationalize. Yeah, he said trying to figure out why uh, the word cunt in England. Yeah. Is used among men oh, jovially yes. and over here is unspeakable. Yes. He uses this example. It's like trying to figure out why no one drinks lemonade in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also funny that we also accept it culturally too. Like, uh, I assume social, we read a lot of listener mail. And if someone says, What's up, cunts? We go, like, Oh, an Australian listener. Mm-hmm. And then, like, then that's okay. Yeah. You know, and then other people write in like, what's up, Guns? I'm not Australian, but I just wanted to write in a letter yeah, yeah. to you, you know, whatever. But like, as long as you're referencing Australia, you can use it no problem. Yeah. And if you use it when not, as, a, as a pejorative, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. You're real trouble. Yeah. Because it's a slur. And he says, that's one of those words that crossed over from body part to slur. Yeah. So it remained taboo. Going across. <laughs> he kept his taboo cred. Kept his taboo cred. And it was hard, hard to do. Had to take some certain bounces to be able to do that. Yeah. And it also said, dick remains, is used constantly. Yeah. And cock has become strictly pornographic. Oh, yeah. I remember when I worked, like, I was working more closely with Piff on his show. At one point, he, really, he realized he was getting a lot more kids to his Vegas show. Mm-hmm. And so he really had this big thing about taking all obscenity out of his show. Mm-hmm. And then he used the word dick like left and right. And I remember bringing up a joke where I was like, you do that? And he's like, no, I can't do that. And I was like, you literally call kids dicks. <laughs> and they say that dick is one of these magic words that you can use it as a guy's name. Yeah. And then use it sexually. Yeah. And then use it to mean, uh, has a very specific definition of the word dick, which I thought was fascinating. Um, to be a dick... You have to know something's wrong and do it anyway. Ah. It's not someone who's a fool. No. You got to be a dick. Right. To be a dick, you have to know it's wrong and still do it. That was a dick move. Holy cow, my mind's blown right now. <laughs> it's a really great book. And I guess it's McForson that wrote it, who is a one, he writes for the New York Times all the time. Yeah. He's a wonderful linguist. And uh, also claims he's never used the C word. Ever. Ever. So it's just, it, right where he is in the pocket, it went from one kind of bad word to another. But he says strictly slur now. Only considered a slur now. Yeah. And he said, you know, where bitch went is also crazy. Yes. Because son of bitch became really okay and then, oh! <laughs> anyway, we got to talk about, you still drinking trade coffee? Hell yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I had to double my subscription. So I was just going through it all the time. Yeah. I, I just love it. Just absolutely love it. Holidays are approaching. So it's time to start thinking about what you're going to gift your loved ones. And if you're going to look for something to get even the hardest to shop for, look no further than a personalized coffee subscription from Trade Coffee. How much would you love that? It's so good. I get a new coffee in the mail every month. They nail it. There's so many good coffee makers out there. I don't know about any of them. I never would have researched them. There's, you know... These none of them are are on the shelves of my local supermarket. It's just incredible, and they're also people you want to help out. Yeah, when I get the bag from from Trade Coffee, yeah, and, and I open it up to pour it, I'm going to pour it in a glass jar with a lid that I put in the freezer because I do everything right. Yes, okay, 
um, when I'm going to pour it in there, I look at the uh, package. Yeah. I give it a good sniff. And I really think, and I think this, I really think the person that roasted this coffee is probably someone I like. Yeah. I do not think that when I pull instant coffee out. Yeah. I don't think that was supermarket coffee, but I picture the guy, right? Yeah. Guy's probably has slightly eccentric facial hair, right? <laughs> probably, probably works with friends of his. His piercings are larger than normal yeah, piercings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picture that guy and I go, he's the guy I want to make my coffee. Yes. Yeah. It's really, really good. If you love drinking coffee every morning, who doesn't? You have to check out Trade Coffee. Trade makes it super easy to get better coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters, as we just said, roasters around the country. If you've been getting your coffee from a grocery store and drinking the same coffee every day, you need to try something even better, Trade Coffee. I'll tell you, you get this for anybody, they're going to thank you. Yes. One, because your friends are polite, but two, because they'll really, really like it. Yeah. My wife is finally glad that I'm a podcaster because of Trade Coffee. <laughs> Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. I got one of those coffee press French things, presses, yeah. French presses. I make coffee. I'm so happy with it. Whether you already know what you like or are new to specialty coffees and need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. Perfect gift for loved ones. There's really, there's a lot of people you could buy this subscription. That's for. absolutely. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Be thrilled. Yeah. Treat yourself or the coffee lover in your life with trade coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of 30 bucks off a subscription and access to limited time holiday specials at drinktrade.com slash pen. That's drinktrade.com slash pen for 30 bucks off. Drinktrade.com slash pen. There you go. Good readings on those, by the way, guys. Nailed good, it. good pen. Just we know your job. name. We see you. You're a colleague, you're a partner, you're a friend. You're always here to support your family and your community. Now there's a school ready to support you. National University offers tuition discounts for military spouses and free tutoring, so you get the support you need to succeed. National University, supporting the whole you. We'll be talking about this book a lot more. Sure, book, I, so bet. I bet. But you, the other thing that was kind of nice, and this is that thing that we've talked about a zillion times, um, comedians have become nice, sane people. It's bizarre. The people in Freestyle Love Supreme yeah. were really kind yeah. and inclusive and didn't, even the jokes they made when some 
when they asked for a verb and someone said a word that could not be a verb. Okay. Yeah. And even with that, they they made jokes about it not being a verb, but not you stupid asshole. Right. They was very gentle. And when they brought people uh, people up on stage, it was always kind. There was not the slightest feeling of a roast. Yeah. And they didn't even bust each other's balls. Really? No, yeah. It was just, I, I mean, love supreme. Yeah. That's what it was. It was preaching love the whole time. That's so nice. I guess I have not the slightest complaint with Freestyle Love Supreme. That's, I'm impressed. Not the slightest. Not because they've changed, they, because I've changed. <laughs> so they can't sell on a billboard, but they don't know it's the biggest compliment they mm, could have gotten. Mm. <laughs> it is. It is. So you have done how many shows? I have done, uh, this year I've done 103 shows. Wow. It's yeah. a lot of shows. It is. Now, I played the House of Cards and the Magic Castle. So that's 50 of the 103. Is it really? Yeah. So you did, I did 50? 30, you did 30, 30 set, 30 half hour sets in a week at, at Nashville House of Cards. Mm -hmm. And then I did uh, 20 at the, at the, um, Magic Castle. Mm -hmm. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, so, uh, it's now officially announced. The, if you go to foolerslive.com, mm -hmm. there's going to be a show's, uh, Penn and Teller are producing a, a tour with me and yeah. three other magicians. Yep. And this, uh, this was an idea that came up before the pandemic. And when it came up, I was felt like such a rookie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I, oh gosh. And I, said, and I just literally said 250. I was like, I'm going to try to book as many shows as I, as I can. I would love to try to do 250 shows before I ever go out under the Penn and Teller banner. Because <laughs> 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 uh, flight time. Just wanted, and this year was just about getting as much flight time as possible, working on new material, and just being a magician in different audiences, different situations, that kind of stuff. Um, things I've learned is that, uh, I'm a sarcastic bastard. So if I'm tired, then I come off just like an asshole. <laughs> there's no joy in it. If there's joy behind my sarcasm. People think I'm funny. If there's no joy behind my sarcasm. I'm just a dickhead. So, uh, a dick yeah. because you know, it's wrong and you're doing it. <laughs> uh, Things you can't possibly know, like uh, the other day I was doing a show where I, uh, you know, I do this thing where I wrap my head in tinfoil or whatever, and I encourage a person to put it on nice and tight. And uh, this person decided to uh, nice and tight meant attack me as if it was war and we were in the jungle or something. <laughs> and she just uh, boxed my ears straight up three times in a row, like a, like a monkey clanging cymbals, just bang, <laughs> bang, bang, bang on my actual ears. Uh, and I was like, "That's uh, that's." I just said, "You're actually just boxing my ears." I'm just having a hard time hearing now. <laughs> and I'll just assume the tinfoil's on great. Um, uh, I've been doing a thing where I get objects from the audience and I, someone gave a little mini flashlight. I flashed in their eyes and they, it was like a big reaction. So I felt bad. So I'll do it to myself to make sure I'm not a monster. And then I blacked out my own eyes and then I couldn't really see properly <laughs> for like 10 minutes of my show. <laughs> And a magician needs to see things, mm -hmm. especially when the audience doesn't think he's seeing things. Yeah. And so if all that's red dots, you're in trouble as a magician. <laughs> so I know even if I come off like a mean person for flashing someone else in the eyes, I should not return the favor on myself. <laughs> These are things I need to know before I hit the road. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's been uh, really fun. Um, and these, these magic venues that I've been able to do all these shows that are incredible. And so it's been really nice to, to get it done. 
But now it's ex- now it gets exciting. Now now we're going to big theater. We're gonna go do it. We're gonna yeah. go do it. Yeah. And I was talking to Handsome Jack last night. Uh huh. And we were talking about uh, Casey at the Bat. Yeah. Where I read the poem with toes and doing the straitjacket. Yeah. He said, no matter how many times he's seen that, when I speed up that poem the final time. Yes. He said he always laughs. And I said to him, Matt Donnelly's going to be doing that. And he goes, Matt Donnelly's going to be doing it at that speed at the end. I said, he better be. <laughs> <laughs> have you started learning, Casey? I have. I've been. I've been trying to read it. I'm. I'm not in performance mode with it yet, or whatever. But uh, yeah, no. It's. A, it's. A, that's. That part's really exciting. That's a nerve wracking thing that the audience will care less about than me, yeah. right? You know. I, uh, Tell yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it sucks, the audience will just know it sucks. Uh, that part. Uh, covering Penn and Teletrix is going to be crazy. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to feel like. It'll probably be cool. I think it'll be really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just did, uh, you know, Carbonaro and I. Yes. Uh, we're doing the uh, the uh, the Christmas poem at the end. And uh, Nathan Santucci said to me, um, uh, just so you know, for the poem, um, Kilimanjaro rhymes with Carbonaro. <laughs> I went, oh! Imagine the snows of Kilimanjaro. <laughs> Next in line is Michael Carbonaro. I'm going to be saying that in the show. Oh, that's Which fun. makes me very, very happy. That's fun. Um, I did my rehearsal yeah. without without Michael, but I did it. Uh, I ran through my parts. I think it's going to be a good show. Yeah. And we shot, I don't mean to give away magic tricks here, but we're doing one thing where Michael Carbonaro is doing a magic trick and he gets stuck and can't figure out, you know, magician in trouble scenario, right? Can't figure it out, can't solve it. And then we're going to have Teller pop up on all the screens <laughs> as though he FaceTimed in. And Teller will be sitting in his dressing gown with a scarf yeah. and a cup of tea, relaxing, and comes in to show Michael how to finish the magic trick. Oh, that's nice. And we just shot that. It's, it's going to be really, really Oh, great. I can't wait to see it. Really people are excited. I know a lot of people come and see the show. Mm. And I'll be playing bass behind uh, Shaving Cream. Yeah. And and behind, uh, when, he, when he sings Pure Imagination, yes. I'll be playing the bass. That's lovely. And uh, he asked Jonesy and I to do the music live. Yeah. And he <laughs> Carbonaro said, I do it to Vivaldi. The Four Seasons. That's what I do my shaving cream thing to. And Jonesy said, I think we're going to play shaving cream, the novelty dude from the 70s. Shaving cream, be nice and clean, shave every day, and you'll always look neat. Right? Yeah. So that's what we're playing. Carbonaro's going Vivaldi, Four Seasons. We're going novelty, showing clearly yeah. that Jonesy and I's perception of Michael Carbonaro's shaving cream bit is different than Michael Carbonaro's perception of Michael Carbonaro's <laughs> shaving cream bit. Says that really pretty clearly, doesn't it? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. So we're doing, you know, one, four, five. We're not doing Vivaldi. Nice. But uh, I think it'll be really fun. Yeah. Are, are you uh, Are you worried about him talking so much? You're used to having a partner who doesn't talk. I am. And consequently, we have um, left the show short because Piff and I found out that when the two of us are talking on stage, yeah. we went out to do uh, 15 minutes and did 40. You remember that? <laughs> yes, I do remember that. So I figured that uh, Carbonaro and I are doing souvenir, the thing I do with the yes. cards, yeah. and that's Teller Silent. 
but this would be Carbonaro talking. Yeah. And I cannot imagine Carbonaro is not going to have something to say. <laughs> Every moment of that. We're also doing the coin flip thing with Brignani standing up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine Carbonaro is not going to have a bunch to say during that. Yes. So we're going to let that be that way. Awesome. It'll be, uh, I think it'll be really fun. That is going to be great. So, I think it's going to be a fun dynamic. I think it'll be, I think it'll be really good. As, um, as uh, Handsome Jack said, you've got two people talking on stage, and you've got one who is charismatic, attractive, <laughs> and really funny, and then you've got you. <laughs> so lovely, lovely. We will have. Also, uh, shout out to all the listeners who came and saw. I just did a bunch of uh, shows. I did 12 shows out in Folsom. California mystique there, and a bunch of congregation members came out, including Franco. Shout out to Franco specifically introduced himself to me. But yeah, well, I uh, I did uh, I did book signings in Minnesota and in Denver, and a um, lot of congregation members there yeah. wearing t-shirts saying say hi to Matt, all that stuff. Woman showed up in a corset, which always pleases me. Be was a win. It was um, it was very very good, and also showed up in a corset when there was snow on the ground, which I also think shows a little more commitment. Yeah, absolutely. Also, there are really good vegan restaurants everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's not a big deal. Uh, there's this place in Denver called uh, Watercourse that was one of the best vegan restaurants. For, not helpful, right? But so 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 good. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I uh, that's what I would do. I would show up. Go do my book reading from seven to eight thirty, yeah, and then head off to a vegan restaurant. That's really nice. You did the one in Minneapolis and yep, uh, Denver. Denver. Any any new random questions? No, not really questions. Although I will, um, uh, I will take a question about the book and talk for ten minutes about Danny Diortes. <laughs> you know, I tell any story pops into my head. Yeah, yeah. But people seem fine with it. And I leave right from here. Right yeah. from here, I leave for the airport because I'm flying to New York City. You've heard of it. I have. And uh, The Big I, Apple, I believe. It's I am hosting, I think it's Shaky Town. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe it's the Big Orange. I don't know. But uh, I'm going, uh, I believe it's the Big Easy. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's Beantown. Um, I think it is. Yeah. Shaky Town. Um, the but, Windy, uh, the Windy something. Windy City, yeah. Uh I'm going to go to Manhattan, and I am hosting the Emmys. What? International. Go ahead. I'm hosting the Emmys. Amazing. International. <laughs> it's the International Emmys, which should be a bigger deal than the American Emmys, shouldn't they? Yeah, it's the whole world. It's the whole world. Oh. I'm hosting the whole world's Emmys. The whole world made TV, and you're going to tell them how it went. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I am hosting it. I got a tuxedo. Whoa. I was fitted for a tuxedo. And I'll be wearing a tuxedo, and Monday night, I'll be on stage hosting the Emmys. And I missed that on the writer's room? You guys come with all the musical numbers and, and all the- Yeah, all, all that stuff. I, uh, a guy who, a guy uh, wrote my uh, opening monologue, uh-huh. and I got on Zoom with him after I made a few little changes. It was very good. A few little changes. And uh, he said, I've written for you many times before. You just don't know it. He said, a lot of the corporate stuff, they hire me- to write what you're saying at the corporate stuff. When you read Prompter at a corporate event, I've written a lot of those. Really? I said, really? He said, I just never met you. But he said, I, I, I uh, pride myself at writing in your voice. And I said, you did a really nice job. That's awesome. Who's the guy? He's a guy. All oh, right. He's a guy. He's a guy. Uh, uh, but uh, Steve, I think. 
All right. But uh, he was just, uh, that's all it said on his Zoom. Was, so, yeah, Steve. Yeah. There you go. And uh, uh, I liked him. I liked him. And I'm, I'm going to be doing the Emmy. And it's really an easy gig because I said, ooh, international Emmys by a guy who cannot pronounce foreign names. Yeah. This could be a terrible thing. Yeah. So I told them that I wanted everything written out phonetically and I wanted to practice it. But turns out, take this for a cushy deal. I do like a five-minute open welcome. And I turn it over to a presenter who turns it over the next presenter, who turns it over the next presenter, who turns it over the next presenter. Oh, you're not even doing the other in between presenters. And then I come out and I do a little thing about children who are winning this award, do a little thing with them, then turn over another presenter, turns over another presenter, turns another presenter, another presenter, another presenter. I come out, I do lifetime achievement and directorial, and then I do wrapping it up, da 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 and uh, so I don't have to say a lot. I have to learn one South Korean superstar's name, which I can do. South Korean names are not that hard. Right. It's not like Venezuela. No, no. Venezuela will fuck you, but not as bad as Poland. <laughs> Poland will <laughs> fuck your shit. This is the things we've learned on uh, Fool Us. Yes. Spanish magicians will fool us. Yeah. Polish magicians will have names we can't pronounce. That's right. But uh, Koreans... It, Good. In it's different like, countries, if a, if a name ends in IC, the different pronunciations that go with that, depending yeah. on which country, that's yeah. really hard to figure yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Korea does it right. Yeah. Single syllables. Three single syllables, three different words. There's also essentially Gershwin, Moon, June, Spoon. <laughs> it's uh, very, very, very good. So I'm introducing this Korean superstar. Where is the event taking place? How would I know something like that? <laughs> Where are they putting you up? Uh, Sofotel. Okay. Sofotel? 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 Whatever. I don't know how it's said. Yeah. But I do know that the woman who's in charge of the whole thing, we were on the Zoom call. She said, this venue is very near the Sofotel. And when she said Sofotel, she said it like it was a word she knew. Like it was an Italian dessert. Yeah. she like, But like a word that she used. Oh, yeah. Like she was saying it like it was hippopotamus. <laughs> Like hammer. Yeah, like hammer. Hammer or hippopotamus. Two words both of us are supremely confident with. <laughs> Have you ever said hippopotamus and said, oh, they're going to bust me on that? No. <laughs> hammer. No, we don't worry. Hammer and hippopotamus, when Matt and Penn are saying hammer or hippopotamus, we are comfortable. No problem. Right. So, Fotel, tension. Yeah. You can feel it in your shoulders yeah, and your arms. Right to the ears. She, had, she said it like hammer. Oh. So for tell. And I said, boy, you said that like it was a real word. And she said, I lived in France. Oh, she knew it. She wanted you to say it. Yeah. She baited you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, she was set up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she was comfortable. That's where I'm staying. But when you stay there, you don't have to say it. They don't make you say it. Uh, excuse me, sir. Your reservation is where? You can just say here. And then you can say hammer hippopotamus. Why'd you say that? Because I can. If you need anything, you simply just say Sofotel into the phone. <laughs> and it works like yeah, theory. Yeah. Uh, but this, this is this is why I show you. The, uh, the Spearman Rhino. Those are two words you can say. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do on a strip club. They don't call it Sofotel with breasts. Or tatas. Is there a la mode? Is there a French word with breasts? A la mode? Is that the only French phrase we're comfortable with? Yeah, we, we know that one. You know what it means? With ice cream? In the, no, in the style of the world. Oh. That's what all the mode is, in the style of the world. Wow, did we really reduce that? Yeah. 
<laughs> we brought that really down a lot. I mean, I can't imagine doing converting that to English and, and meaning it at a diner. <laughs> I'll take my apple pie in the style of the world, please. <laughs> That's a really bold thing to say to a food server. Yeah, in the style of the world. Okay, I'll tell the chef to make it the style of the world, I guess. <laughs> Does that mean heated up? Because <laughs> the world is heating up. Is this a global warming reference you're doing? Is this? Are you making your stand on apple pie? Yeah. In the style of climate change, I'll have my apple pie. By the way, just in case you're ever in this position. Okay. okay. I don't like my apple pie heated up. Ah. I do not like it in the style of the world. You like it? Just no, no ice cream? Yeah. Even though there's really good vegan ice creams now. I have it on the side then as a separate dish. The only thing I want with my apple pie is sharp cheddar <laughs> cheese. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if I, I think I've had it like once and it was much better than I thought it was going yeah. to be. Not melted on top. What the fuck is wrong with you? Right. On the side, a chunk of cheese. Oh, is that good? Even vegan cheese. Beezing an apple pie with vegan cheese on the side. That's a little bit of heaven. That's the way it's done in Massachusetts. Massachusetts doesn't do a lot of stuff right. <laughs> We're really good with our apple pie. Yeah. We're really good with our maple syrup. And we got the idea of not being a state. Rather, we're going to be a commonwealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I read, I was reading Don't some- ask them to finish a highway. <laughs> no. But, yeah. Yeah, they, they, the big dig did not go well. <laughs> no. No. Massachusetts, but apple pie, with a little bit of cheese. And what my, my dad always used to say, he said this, I mean, every time we had apple pie, yeah. which was often, he would say, apple pie without the cheese is like a hug without the squeeze. <laughs> and my dad was really troubled by both those things, a hug without a squeeze and apple pie without cheese. In my home, serving apple pie without cheese yeah. was just unheard of. So when I first left Massachusetts, Western Massachusetts, and went to a restaurant and ordered apple pie, it had came to me and I'd say, where's the cheese? Yeah. And they would say, on the burgers, where it belongs. Oh. And I'd say, no, it's supposed to be, you know, a block of, they'd say, we well, can put your slice of cheese. I said, I want to, I want a, a block. Like, don't you have like, uh, you know, Vermont cheddar? But I didn't say cheddar at that time. I said cheddar. <laughs> so, so they thought they were dealing with someone who was, you know, a mental defective of some sort. <laughs> and you have to say, well, no, 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 I'm from Massachusetts. And they go, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was supposed to have a block of cheddar. What are you saying? Block of cheddar. Block of cheddar? What is that word? It's like a sofotel. <laughs> I'm saying the block of cheddar. <laughs> but, I've uh, got a sweet at the block of cheddar. <laughs> yeah. That's the way you have a piece of apple. And you know something else? Yeah. And this is a little bit off book. This is a little bit off label. Yeah. But fresh blueberry pie with a nice sharp cheddar on the side. Really no better that sounds food. Very don't melt it on top <laughs> and don't do it in the style of the world. No. I, I honestly, if you're going to the style of the world, I like it in a bowl. Yeah. With a spoon. Let's stop pretending it's not that. But don't mix it together. I don't want to mix together. No, but the apple pie is yeah. one idea. The ice cream is another idea. Two different ideas. They don't go together. But if it's going to, if it's going to be hot and you put the ice cream on top, it's going to melt. And don't just don't do that. Right. Don't do it. But have, put it in a bowl if you're yeah, going to okay. do it. Okay. 
if you're going to do it, put it in a ball. Yes. Which is just like saying, if you're going to eat shit. <laughs> put it in a ball. Put it in a ball. Yeah, I agree with both of those things. <laughs> that was Ben Sunday School. That was Ben Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. And to our listening You become naked. I have to hear about Mr. Piffle's birthday party. Yes. And I also have to talk about me seeing a high school production of A Christmas Carol. Oh. I'll tell you, that Scrooge guy, he learned his lesson. <laughs> he became a much better person for his his actions on Christmas Eve. Yeah. You know, we love you. Hey, Matt Donnelly, you got anybody to thank? Yeah, I want to thank the following people who support us over at Patreon.com. By the way, the holidays are coming up, and if you want to get a holiday message... Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From Penn to send to someone else, a good time to do it would be upgrading your Patreon membership now. I like doing those. Yeah. I do. I really do. I want to thank Vile Arakia, Arakila. There's no way I got that right. You can write me and I'll pronounce it right next time. Vile, Vile, Vili, Vali. Moving on. Zach Whittington. Name withheld due to NDA or whatever the hell. It's Paul Gruner. <laughs> Aaron Boyd. Mason Gooch. Sagebrush. Michael Mikud. Miko. Miko, you sent me a thing on this too. Man, I'm terrible. Luke Mellon. Eileen Hunter. Ken Krovchuk. Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Average Seal, Matt Williams, plus $110 boner office, Soapy Fresh, Dan Griffith, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Jonathan P., NewRuleFX.com, and Eric M. Ryan. Thank you so much. Thank you. We see you. You're a colleague. You're a partner. You're a friend. You're always here to support your family and your community. Now there's a school ready to support you. National University offers tuition discounts for military spouses and free tutoring, so you get the support you need to succeed. National University, supporting the whole you. We see you. You're a colleague. You're a partner. You're a friend. You're always here to support your family and your community. Now there's a school ready to support you. National University offers tuition discounts for military spouses and free tutoring, so you get the support you need to succeed. 
National University. Supporting the whole you. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.